atonement Cause I'm a lyricist to the death So I got what you need Ludicrous, I'm the last of a dying breed And we are most extinct So I'm saying it loud Say it with me MC, please move the crowd Say it with me All right, Fast Axe 2021 NBA Finals recap coming up very quick. But let me just say, first off, it's great to be back. I needed Chris Paul to bring me back. I needed the fan support on Twitter to bring me back. But we are officially back, and I am so excited to record. Before I get into everything NBA Finals, there is another topic that I unfortunately do have to talk about today as well. And that is the absolute travesty that is space jam 2 listen you know that a movie is bad when me the biggest lebron fan maybe in the history of lebron fans thinks it's maybe the worst thing i've ever laid my eyes on let me just start with lebron's acting uh as problem number one two and three and the script as problem number four five and six one i know lebron can act we've seen it Right, We've seen it in the commercials that he used to do when he was like the five different LeBrons, the one old guy, the smooth-talking guy, the NBA player, the kid. Like He can act. We've seen it in a million commercials. We've seen it in the movie Trainwreck with Amy Schumer, which I'm a big fan of. Great actor in that movie. Um, but for whatever reason, in this movie, he literally looks like he just waltzed onto the court and recorded all of his lines in one day. Like, I, and LeBron is so charismatic. The thing that irritated me the most about it, he had, like, no charisma in his lines. Yes, the lines were horrible. Like, it was lines that you'd expect in, like, a kid's, like, not even a kid's movie, but, like, a movie that isn't smart enough to kind of get their, like, lessons and point across without flat out coming out and saying it. Like, I, I can't think of a specific time that he said something like this, but I just remember one of the big storylines of this movie is that his kid is basically, um, he creates a video game, but he doesn't really like basketball. And LeBron's basically telling him like, no, you need to be focused on basketball. And he just says like all these lines in the most like matter of fact way that it just takes you out of the movie. It's the cheesiest like acting I've ever seen. And that's like the first 30 minutes. They're not even in the like tune realm. Uh, actually one part sticks out to me the most. So the reason that Don Cheadle, who is the villain of this movie, gets so mad at LeBron is because he basically, Don Cheadle had this idea as this like computer algorithm that they should bring LeBron into all these video games, like Fortnite and this or that. And LeBron basically says in this like meeting with, uh, I don't even know who it was, Warner Bros or whatever, that it was a horrible idea. And he said that it was a horrible idea like 400 times. Uh, and it just was like just the corniest, like most on the nose, like, oh, this is going to make Don Cheadle mad, like stupid acting I've ever seen. This movie wasn't even like about basketball. That's kind of what was the most annoying thing about it. One, it wasn't even set in space, set in like a little computer. And maybe it's just me. I'm so sick of like the technology is bad storyline. Maybe it's because I am actually nervous about it. But like the fact that this whole thing was set like in a computer, it just kind of ruined it for me. Like, I, I'm in technology enough, all right? I don't need to be transported to a world where it's even more technology. It, it just had, like, this whole, like, feeling of, like, Blade Runner or something. Like, this futuristic, like, Ready Player One type, like, sheen over the whole thing that I just, like, it annoyed me the whole time. 
it was so annoying the whole time and it just like took you out of the movie it was like a place you didn't want to be whereas like the space jam world space jam one world was awesome the, the the cartoons were awesome the basketball court the stadium was awesome like this was anything but that <sighs> as for the kids at kid actors not very good in this movie hate to say it uh you know i feel bad kind of shitting on a kid actor but pretty much 95 percent of the time they are always going to be horrible and this movie was no exception the only time i can think that kid actors have really ever been good off the top of my head stand by me um Stranger Things and the movie It. And there's a reason that Stranger Things and It were so popular. It's because, man, for once, kid actors can actually act. Uh, and the fact that the two leads in this movie were essentially LeBron, can't act, and another kid actor who just flat out can't act, like, it just it made the movie even worse. Um, another few other problems I had with this movie was, like I said, it just really wasn't even about basketball. The final basketball game, which was like an hour long, it basically followed NBA street rules, uh, street volume two rules, which is where like style points are how you get points. Um, so you never really felt like the team was actually like not going to win because they could score a thousand points in one bucket. Like that's how stupid it was. So of course they're down by like 500 million points and they come all the way back. Uh, if you're worried about spoilers in this, by the way, get a grip, man. You're not a kid. The movie sucked anyway. Just accept the spoilers because, believe me, you're not going to make it through the entire thing when you try watching it. Uh, some of the positive notes of this movie, the very start of it, um, the little, like, little Michael Jordan-esque like, video montage from Space Jam 1 was awesome. The LeBron one was awesome. Uh, so the, the movie came out swinging, but it was only downhill from there. Uh, and this movie just didn't have the heart that, like, Space Jam 1 had. I mean, I'm just thinking of the opening scene of that movie where Michael Jordan's a kid and he's shooting buckets and his dad is there with him, uh, compared to this one where it's just, like, the cheesiest scenes between LeBron and his quote-unquote, like, family. It just, it, like, one, it just paints LeBron as the worst dad in the world, and two, it just was just the corniest of scenes. I, like, I know I keep saying that, but that's really what it was. But other than that, I really don't think there was anything that I liked about this movie. And that's pretty horrible to say, but, like, even, like, the cameos of, like, the other NBA stars, like, their characters looked freaking horrendous. They looked terrible. It looked like they were created by, like, a kid on a video game. Like, what this movie was built around. It looked like it was a kid on a video game who made those characters, while the rest of the movie was made by, like, the creators of Jurassic Park. That's what it looked like. Somehow the most important, like, the enemy basketball team, the Goon Squad, as they're called, one, doesn't hold a candle to um, the Monstars. Just doesn't. They sucked. Like, I seriously think the Looney Tunes were better players than these guys. The only reason that they were winning is because Don Cheadle, who basically created the whole game, was um, the best player on the, like, could just control the outcome. Because he was, quote-unquote, the algorithm. So he just could, like cheat and reverse baskets and stuff so like i said that's like why the whole like basketball game there was no like really stakes to it it just it just it was just horrible um and for the people out there who are like listening to this and thinking like oh dude you're a loser like this movie is for kids man you're a grown man you shouldn't be judging it dude shut up man half the jokes in this movie were made for adults that's like where i was listening to a review i like they, i don't know who this movie was for like there were so many like phrases about like you know game of thrones and things like that that were for adults but yet the whole movie was made like a kid's movie with the cheesiest of cheesy lines um and as for the looney tunes am i the only one that's like just out on the looney tunes what 
why just this movie should have had Patrick Starr and SpongeBob as the backcourt, not Bugs Bunny and Lola Bunny. Nobody's cared about them since Space Jam One. I get their Warner Bros. property. I get that they have this like big following, and that's what I mean. It's like, who is this movie for? No kid cares about the Looney Tunes. Put freaking the Little Einsteins and SpongeBob and Patrick on the starting five, not freaking Fog Redhorn or the hell the guy's name. I don't even know who he is. If you're going to do this whole kids thing, just get rid of the Looney Tunes altogether. No one cares about the Looney Tunes already. Just get them out. Although I will say, Daffy Duck is an all-time character. I love him. Uh, as for the soundtrack, which is kind of what made Space Jam 1 so great, I mean, I just think of the one scene, which I'm going to insert right here. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Jordan, when Wayne Knight uh, brings out the uh, microphone and announces Michael Jordan coming to the baseball game after leaving the uh, spaceship. Great scene. The lay is killing us. Where is Michael? Where is Michael? Oh, he's not back from his other game. What other game? Uh-uh, what other game? The soundtrack just was all-time, maybe the best soundtrack ever was Space Jam 1, so it never was going to live up to that hype, but LeBron couldn't have pulled a little bit more strings on like who was going to be creating songs, like Drake couldn't have made a song for this, Eminem could have made a song for this, like we couldn't have had like some people other than Bad Bunny making the soundtrack to this thing and Chance the Rapper. I don't understand the obsession with Chance the Rapper, I really don't. He has some good songs, but why was he like the number one artist on The Last Dance? And why is he also the number one artist on this? Like, why does he just have a stranglehold on anything basketball? Just because he goes to the games and he's from Chicago and he watches them? Like, his music does not... I don't know. I, I like Chance the Rapper, but maybe I'm just alone in the fact that I'm just Chance the Rapper out right now. I'm out on him. But LeBron really... I mean, think about it. Space Jam 1 had Jay-Z on soundtrack. This one had Bad Bunny. Like, that's all you need to know about the two soundtracks. And I thought LeBron had this crazy pull. You know, he's always talked about how he's never going to write an autobiography. He's going to make an album with Drake. Like, Drake couldn't come on for one song of this thing. He's in the middle of album mode. He couldn't have just had one of them songs on this, on just to release it as a single on this Space Jam track. I don't get it. Oh, and my favorite part of the movie, Bugs Bunny sacrifices himself at the end. Only to literally come back two minutes later, and it's never explained how he survived. He was dead, and then he came back two minutes later, and he's alive. I hate it when movies do that. It's such a joke. TV shows do it all the freaking time. But my overall rating of this movie, one, don't go see it. Trust me, it's only going to ruin your thoughts of Space Jam. Watch the first like three-minute montage on YouTube, and you're good. That's all you need from this movie. Uh, but overall rating, 4.5 out of 10. Cheesy acting, LeBron wasn't great in it, basketball scenes weren't even great, the Monstars were terrible, 
the CGI was off-putting. The movie was long as hell, like two hours. The basketball scene alone, I felt like it was an hour and a half. It just just was horrible. And it just flat out made no sense. It, I just flat out terrible. Really nothing else for me to say about it. <clears throat> All right, moving on to the heart of today's podcast, the NBA Finals. Uh, I'm going to start with the biggest storyline, and that is Giannis. I mean, how do you not root for this guy? I love the people who go, dude, it's so easy for him. Like, he's all, you know, it's all his build. How do you say that when you look at how he came into the league, 150 pounds soaking wet to now he's literally carved of stone? Like, that takes work. Yes, there is some genetics to it, but that also takes a lot of work. I mean, how come Kevin Durant is still 110 pounds? Giannis didn't go that route. He said, oh, I'm never going to be able to shoot like that guy. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to gain 50 pounds of muscle, and I'm just going to bully everyone in the paint. And he just plays his balls off. Chasing down these blocks, like, I just, it cracks me up watching him play. I just, like, I'm so used to, like, the slow 400-pound centers that I used to play with that it's, like, the idea of this guy just running, like, being such a rim runner and pinning blocks and just always chasing down uh, the breakaway layups. I just love it. Just battles down there. And the fact that the free throw thing never even affected him, he was, like, you see the video of him talking in practice, like, dude, I've missed, like, I've airballed three free throws in a row, and then I've made my next 10. Like, it just does not affect me. I just love that. And I, and let me be the first one to say, people are saying, like, oh, dude, where do these free throws come out? Like, bullshit, like, he never made free throws like that, like he did in Game 6. I'm glad that the NBA Finals wasn't decided on the free throw line. If you can't guard the guy without following him, I'm 100% in the camp of I'm glad that he somehow pulled these shots out of his ass last night and was making every single free throw because if that's how the Suns were going to win, then I didn't want to see it. But I love this guy's loyalty. I don't know where it comes from, but I love it. I know me personally, if I was him, I would have been out of there. three As soon as Budenholzer was brought in as a coach, as the, the fixer-upper, as the guy that's going to turn this franchise around, I would have said, yeah, I'm out, man. I am out. But he didn't do that. He created a perfect culture in Milwaukee. Notice the difference between him and someone like Joel Embiid. Uh, as soon as things were going south, they were down 0-2 in the finals. Giannis basically put all the blame on himself. Whereas Joel Embiid, they get bounced um, against the Hawks. And the first thing he says is, oh, the game was decided on Ben Simmons did this and Ben Simmons did that. Uh, missed free throw here, passed up a layup there. Dude, shut up, Joel Embiid. Fact number one, you're never going to win the finals with Bill Ben Simmons as your number two. Fact number two, you're never going to win the finals with Joel Embiid as your number one. I don't. I would never want to play with that guy. Whereas Giannis, I, I, everything about him draws me in. The way he plays, how unselfish he is, um, his character, his loyalty, everything. Give me Giannis over this thing, over anyone else in the league right now. Could the Suns have maybe defended him better? maybe I don't know I like to think that you know NBA coaches Chris Paul and all these guys are smarter than I and they've exhausted every opportunity but I don't know it just seems like maybe let's send a double at him maybe let's just let him not score 50 I don't care if PJ Tucker goes like PJ Tucker is not going to go off for 25 I don't care if you leave him wide open the entire game he's just not going to like I just feel like how is there not some sort of they literally have PJ Tucker as a zero on offense, and yet we were never doubling this guy. And maybe, like, I understand that Aiton doesn't have the foot speed to keep up with him, but maybe put Crowder on him so he's not going 20 miles an hour by the time he reaches the paint. And, like, I don't know how you stop that. Maybe let's just pressure him and make him use his handles. Uh, maybe that's a thought I pro thought process, but I don't know. Like I said, Monty Williams, Chris Paul, I trust those guys. I feel like if they had an answer for him, they would have used it. Uh, and maybe there is no answer for him. Maybe this is just the Giannis we see nowadays. He took 
a huge step the hand up I never thought was coming. Honestly, I would have been on freezing cold takes if I was popular. Uh, two weeks ago on Three Point Podcast, I said how this is the worst team I've ever seen in the finals after they were down 0-2. And I honestly believe that. Somehow, somewhere between now and then, all these role players started stepping up huge. Portis, Perk Tucker, uh, Connaughton, they were pulling shots out of their ass, for sure. But they were just playing lights out. Same thing with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Just the perfects number two and three. They're totally fine with Giannis taking all the spotlight. They could care less. Just what a team. That's the one thing. I'm glad that this team didn't lose. Like, the Suns did not lose as a huge Chris Paul fan. I'm glad the Suns didn't lose to, like, the Brooklyn Nets or somebody. I'm glad it was this team that you just flat out cannot, cannot not respect and cannot love. As for um, Giannis going forward, I mean, how do you not have this guy as your MVP favorite next year? Like, it's just, it's funny. There's going to be no variance. All of his buckets are layups. It's not like he's going to have a hot night or a cold night. Like, he's just shooting layups. And there's maybe one or two guys that can honestly stop him from doing that. And he's only going to get better. And somehow, if somehow, some way he develops a three-point shot, you're looking at the best player I've ever seen. Flat out. I mean, and just the the energy, he's just unmatched. Just such a fun player. And he gets you to jump out of your seat three or four times every single time. Game And I'm not going to lie, I haven't really watched the Bucks. They were always the team that I wrote off as soon as the regular season ended. Like, oh yeah, they're, you know, they have a good record, but they're never going to put the pieces together in the playoffs. Chris Middleton's hot or cold. Giannis isn't as good as people claim he is. I was totally dead wrong on this guy. He is a flat out stud. As for CP3, he's getting a lot of backlash today. A lot of backlash. Uh, let me be the first one to say he's inspired me. Uh, as lame as that sound. I thought this guy was done three years ago after they went up 3-2 on the Warriors and then he got hurt. I thought he was done again last year when the Thunder got bounced by the Rockets in Game 7. Uh, I thought that was the closest we'd ever get to like a legacy Chris Paul game where if he somehow could have come back and had revenge on the Rockets for the way they did him, that was it. But when you know it, he's back again. Uh, and, and I loved all the post-game interviews he gave, You know, basically saying everybody counted me out. You know, this little mid-range jumper, I had to do something to change my game. I don't have the athleticism I used to, so I'm just going to master this mid-range shot. I just respect the hell out of it. And the people who are like, oh, he's dirty, he's this or that. What do you want him to do on Gian- on a Giannis alley-oop where his entire career hangs in the balance? Like, just let Giannis dunk on him? I guess, like, I don't understand the rules in basketball. How... So if, if somebody is taller than you and can jump higher than you, they just immediately have the right to, like, jump over you? And dunk on you? Like, what are you supposed to do? Just get out of the way every time? Like, it's not a dirty play for him to be just, like, standing his ground and force Giannis to jump around. Notice how Giannis didn't come out and say it was dirty at all. For the people who just shit on Chris Paul, they, honestly, I don't know what the, why they hate him so much. I he just He's just a competitor. That's all he is. And that's why you gotta love him. He, I know people are probably gonna bitch the fact that he didn't stay around and congratulate uh, the Bucks. He just walked right off the court after the game. Dude, who cares, man? No one cares. Like, it, like, it's going to make or break the Milwaukee Bucks freaking million, million person party if he doesn't go out there and tell Giannis, good job. It's a joke. I don't know. When I remember Chris Paul, does it, does it put a uh, notch in his armor? The fact that he never won a championship. Uh, and he's not done yet. Like I said, it wouldn't shock me if somehow, some way, he's back here again next year. 
Uh, he's already shocked us two or three times now when we've thought his career was over, and he just keeps coming back. Keeps and, and he gets injured. He doesn't matter. He keeps. He has three horrible games in the finals. Bounces back with two great games where he was the number one guy for the Suns, the only one really cooking. But man, it just hurts that he never won the title. I mean, his nickname is Point God. You know. It's not Point Peter. He's not a saint. He's literally God. And you can't be God if you never have a title under your belt. Just flat out. So it's always going to hurt him. It hurts all these guys. I mean, Charles Barkley probably doesn't deserve it. Charles Barkley was loyal to the Suns his entire career. Or no, excuse me. He went to the Sixers. Started at the Sixers. I don't know. I don't know the 90s basketball that well. But flat out, it's just... I don't know how you can haunt this guy, hurt this... I don't know how you can't hurt him for never winning a title. We do it with everybody else. Uh... It's unfortunate because it is my favorite player, and I do think like he has gotten the wrong end of the deal a few times, but you're up 2-0 in the finals, man. Got to close it out. You just got to win one of those games. One of the next four, and I feel like you win this title, and you, they just couldn't do it. Uh, and, you know, it's hard to not say that it was his fault. Uh, even, like, last night, Stan Van Gundy pointed out, right as I, or uh, Jeff Van Gundy, excuse me, right as I was like saying it to my dad, like, dude, he's getting this mid-range jumper whenever he wants, and he, and it's freaking lethal. And yet he almost was like, he's kind of got that point guard brain where it's like, dude, I can't shoot the ball thirty times. Like that's not how I play. Like I got to get you know twenty points and ten assists. And I just wish he would have kind of just said, screw it, you know what? I'm gonna go Isaiah Thomas, uh, Detroit Pistons hurt ankle game against Lakers. I'm just gonna try to put this team on my back, and I'm gonna shoot every shot. Because Booker didn't have it. Nobody else on this team had it last night other than him. And he still just kept trying to get other guys going, dude. Just just at some point, you just got to keep running this pick and roll and just start picking this team apart and start setting up your team. And I just don't think he did that enough. That is my one complaint about him in this series. Going back to even game five. I know this is a hot take. I know Booker was cooking. But that play where Booker gets ripped by Drew Holiday and it leads to the Giannis uh, alley-oop, I, I just wanted the ball in Chris's hands there. He's the one that this is his last gas. He's the one that is the alpha on this team. I want the ball in his hands deciding whether or not they're going to win or lose this game. I don't care if Booker was, you know, putting up a career night with 40 points. I want the ball in CP3's hands, the guy who's just been in the league so long and is always going to make the right decision. And it's not like he was, like, faltering down the, the stretch of Game 5. I mean, he had eight points, three for three in the last two minutes. Huge three over Pat Connaughton. Fall-away fall jumper on the baseline over Giannis. And then to cut it to one, makes the nice spin move on Pat Connaughton and lays it up. Then after that, they just run an ISO for Booker and he turns it over. But again, you just flat out, maybe I'm just a Chris Paul slappy. Inspired me this year. Never thought he was going to be here. This run was the most fun I've had watching an NBA playoffs. The storyline developing. The Lakers, the first round. They were dead against the Lakers in the first round. Remember when Jay Crowder was getting clowned by the whole Lakers team? And they didn't even blink? And yes, and the Anthony Davis did get hurt. But regardless, they found a way to win that series. And I thought they were dead that. Dead there. And I mean, the Monty Williams, Chris Paul hug. What more can you say about this guy? What a moment. I'd be lying if I didn't say I had three or four screenshots of those, those pictures on my phone. Just wish it would have ended in the finals for this guy. I mean, him and LeBron, my two favorite players. I was drawn to him just because, you know, as a, as a small kid, uh, when I was playing basketball as a kid, I always, you know, like, hey, if I ever somehow make it to the NBA, that's how I'm going to have to play. You know, I'm not the super athlete. Yeah, obviously that was dumber than dumb. and never had a chance of making the NBA, let alone even college for anything. But that was how I always thought. You know, if I ever make it to the NBA, that's how I'm going to have to play like. That's who I'm going to model my game around. 
mentioned him just a second ago, Devin Booker. Uh, his biggest line of this entire series that I agreed with was when he said, quote-unquote, I'm not Kobe. He's not. You know, He's nowhere near that the athlete that Kobe was. He's nowhere near the pinnacle that Kobe was. Yes, he's young. I just don't see him ever getting to that level. He's just not the same athlete. Uh, and I knew problems were up uh, when leading into the NBA Finals. His, he said, quote-unquote, I am ready for this game by watching the MSU versus Michigan rivalry games growing up. Huh? Second I heard that, I knew this guy wasn't ready. Yes, he had some big games, but every time they needed a bucket, he had two big turnovers twice, two games in a row. I, and, I mean, the fact that he said he was basically prepared for this moment by watching Spike Albrecht, Spike Albrecht and Keith Abling do about uh, in a regular season game, Michigan and Michigan State. I mean, neither of these teams have won a title in 20-plus years. They do. They pull the Suns. They pull the Suns. That's what Michigan does. That's what Michigan State does. Final fours, and they get bounced. But I shouldn't throw so much blame on him. He's young. I mean, he's still a stud. Still can fill it up. Still had 40-point games in the finals. I just don't know if you can win it with him as your number one. I really don't. Because um, this was a, a lower—I mean, this final is laid out perfectly for this team. And they still couldn't get it done. Now they're only going to get better. Him, Aiden, only going to get better. I don't think they have a title in them under the CP3 era. Um, but as they get better three, four, year, four, five years down the road, they get one more piece. I think that the Suns are going to be back in this position again. Uh, a few other guys I got to throw out there. Bobby Portis. This guy is just flat out all time, man. <laughs> the energy, his mannerisms, the foul that was called on when he didn't even follow Jay Crowder. He's doing like the skip down the court. But my favorite part about this guy, the facial hair. What is going on with this guy's facial hair? He looks like a bobblehead. I don't know how else to explain it. <laughs> but every time they flash to him or Boone Nolzer, uh, it's just an automatic laugh, man. And, and the Milwaukee fans love it. And I got to admit, I love how the guy plays. He leaves it all on the floor. Hard on his sleeve. Uh, just leaves it on the floor. Seems like a great guy to have in your corner uh, in a game like this. Uh, and the funniest uh, soundbite I saw after the game was him and Pat Connaughton doing an interview with YouTube. Uh, the interviewer asked basically, hey, how much champagne have you guys had? And they both turned and looked at each other and then just started busting out laughing. If you haven't seen that clip, uh, you got to watch. It's all over Instagram. Moving on, uh, Budenholzer. Like I said, just mentioned him a second ago. Uh, it would not shock me if this guy was Philly 50 milligrams deep on edibles throughout every game he coaches. It does seem that way, but here's the thing about him. You never hear about the Bucks team shitting on this guy. Seems like they really do like him, and when I'm listening to the post-game interviews of him, he seems like really smart. I mean, there's clearly a reason he's in this position. He made some smart, smart adjustments throughout this series. Uh, granted, a lot of it was just the fact that Giannis was untouchable, uh, but putting Drew Holiday on CP3 for those two, three games, it kind of didn't make sense. Like You're thinking, oh, shouldn't you put him on Booker? No, let's just lock up CP3. That worked like a charm. Um... But yet again, I mean, just every time they cut to this guy on the sideline, he cracks me up. I'm not sure what he's got going on with his hair. <laughs> but hey, you're an NBA Finals winner, so I can't hate on you anymore. Uh, looking ahead, kind of, or excuse me, let me save that for a second. Um, the broadcast teams. Uh, the only reason I'm mentioning this is because I actually got into an argument last night with some people I was golfing with that they didn't like Stan uh, Jeff Van Gundy. Which I just don't see. I love Jeff Van Gundy, and I know a lot of people give Mark Jackson uh, a lot of crap. Like you know, maybe he's not the smartest guy out there, but I just think they have the perfect one-two combo of Jeff Van Gundy giving the smart an analysis, and then Mark Jackson with the hand down, man down, the going into commercial break, uh, like catch catchphrases, one-liners. I think he's great at that. So I'll just be the first one to admit I love their their broadcast pairing, and I don't want to see that change anytime soon. 
Um, as for like the ESPN broadcast of the finals, Bill Simmons is the first one that kind of alerted me to this. They don't have a halftime show. And the funniest thing I remember, my dad, we were watching this game together. He goes, man, that set looks awesome. Like on top of Deer District, like where it was Rachel Nichols, Jalen Rose. They never go to them. What are they even doing there? They literally, Jalen Rose did a little like 30 second voiceover of a Giannis layup at halftime. And I think that's the only thing they did during halftime. I'm not sure what they're even doing there. I really don't know what they're even doing there. And, I mean, what more can you say about the TNT halftime show? I wish that somehow, some way, we could get a TNT-ESPN combo. ESPN broadcasters with the TNT pre- and post-game shows. Uh, but looking ahead, the thoughts on my season, on this season, I always thought I wanted a Christmas Day start, but when we got it, I didn't. I, I missed the finals being in June. You know, right at the start of summer, first take, the only thing on. Uh, in the mornings, you watch that to get the recaps and the previews of the games. They're live on location. We just didn't get that this year. Um, it's just not the same with it being in late July. Just not. Uh, I missed. The, I'm so excited for the season to return to its normal schedule next year, uh, where it starts. You know, right around Halloween. Uh, surprised that I ever thought that I would hate this scheduling, but just it's just summer. Last thing I want to do is be sitting on you know on a summer day watching games. Give it the start of the summer. Give me the spring lead up with all the playoffs in April and May in those days where we're kind of just right on the precipice of summer and we need something to get us through. That's what we needed. Uh, but the injuries kind of made this season a little bit of an asterisk season. Uh, but I will say the finals saved it. I mean, this, the, the playoffs weren't great leading up to it, but the finals sure did deliver. Uh, and I know a lot of people saying, like, both these teams suck. Like, they shouldn't have been there. Regardless, they were there, and you know availability is your best ability. And and we've seen that uh, if you're healthy, and the Bucks have always been a healthy team. Like, hey, you're gonna you're gonna be a better team when a lot of these other star players are going down left and right. James Harden weighs 400 pounds by the time he even comes back for the last two games of that series. So I'm not gonna fault them for being healthy. Uh, and on the biggest stage, they gave us something that was worth watching, and I'm forever thankful for that. Looking forward, uh, like I mentioned before, I don't see the Suns coming back here one day. Um, I really don't. I, I, maybe, like, not with the current construction of this team. Maybe if they get another star, book a eight in both at their uh, physical peaks in, you know, three, four, five years. That's the only way I see it. I just don't see CP3 and this team making it back within the next couple years on this two-year deal he's about to sell. As for the Bucks, I mean, if, if Giannis is just this player now, I mean... I don't know how you don't pick them to be the favorite in the East, even with the Nets. Like, the Nets are just such a dumpster fire that the Bucks are consistent. You know what you're getting. Uh, and who knows? They might even be able to bring in a free agent or two to kind of help add to this team and take some of the minutes from some of these role players who didn't deserve to be playing in it. Uh, but one final thing, Bill Simmons had to take uh, that this was, quote-unquote, like the best thing that ever happened to the NBA. Because if you picture it, let's say the Nets win this season – even though they didn't give a shit about the regular season, an absolute debacle of a season. Guys are taking time off here or there. They're getting injured left and right. If they somehow still would have found a way to win the title, who is getting excited to watch the NBA, NBA next year? I know I'm not. And I know that I'm damn glad that they lost. And they will be villains number one, two, and three next year on just about everybody's radar. So just to, to kind of recap this entire season, Giannis, this is what it will, it will be remembered as. The Giannis year where he finally took the next step and the year that we finally got to see CP3 on the biggest stage one last time before he kind of calls it a career. 
overall just depressed with the Suns could win it, but if there was a team to, that I was happy to see win it, it was the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the favorites next year, just looking forward, I see the Nets, uh, Bucks, Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers, Suns. It's one of those six teams. Sixers, no shot. I think we're getting ready for what's going to be one hell of a season. Uh, and it is coming up quick. Just October is when it's going to be starting back up. Pistons are going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. I can't wait. Uh, but this last song, uh, just an ode to CP3. Had a rough ride, but hey, you inspired me. You inspired a lot of fans out there. Fast X Sports Show, signing off. NBA Finals recap. See you next week.